0: Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How about we spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show. Let's engage in some energetic and entertaining conversation in local, state, and national news and politics, some health, a little wellness, wellness, baseball, and humility. Humility is a big one today. We're going to be heavy on the humility. Uber producer Dan Peters is in the studio with us today. I can see him. He's right there. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, driving around out there in your car with the windows down on this beautiful afternoon, listening on Information 1000 KSO. Maybe you're streamed live in your cube farm in whatever fine occupation you're engaged in. there on KSO.com. Or, of course, who doesn't have The KSOO mobile app, which that's a gots-to-have situation because you can get the one-touch streaming of this program as well as other KSOO options throughout the day, including starting your day at 5 o'clock in the morning with Chad and Beth on the Main Street Cafe. They go right up to 8, always entertaining and insightful as well. Remember, uh, we're on Facebook Live. You can go to the KSOO page there, go to Twitter, at P-Lally show P L A L L E Y show Uh it was a fantastic weekend Dan other than the wind I but that wasn't a problem for me You know a little bit of wind I I just find it curious that
1: people really complain about the wind because yeah. we have to live in it Yeah and it's it's something if if you're out on the coast and you don't get 20-mile-per-hour winds, Hmm. you know, people apologize. I remember somebody saying, yeah, you're playing golf out in California, and you apologize for the 20-mile-per-hour winds. What? (laughs) What?
0: (laughs) stop it. Now, sometimes when you're right out there on the ocean, you get the big wind, but not like we get here, constant, all the time wind. Mm -hmm. Although we've had some days lately, just beautiful, beautiful days. So the wind was a little surprising, you know, when I heard it. When I got up in the morning. And for my friends who took off Saturday morning on Rasdak, the great ride across South Dakota, ooh, unfortunate. Unfortunate. They
1: were in the headwind.
0: Yeah. So both Saturday, they They rode from here up to Flandreau, uh, which was kind of a shorty. That's like 40-some miles, just to get ready because it officially left from Flandreau on Sunday. And then Sunday, more northwest wind as they headed towards, I think they went to Dismet. That that was like seventy miles of struggle. That's a lot of suffering. And so I, every time there was a big gust, I just I had that flash in my brain, like PTSD, of being out on the rolling plains of South Dakota in a in a big wind like that. It's tough. Those are tough, tough days.
1: You don't want to be wearing an open jacket to where the wind can catch it and go <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, pull no.
0: you backwards like a parachute. That's why you tighten everything up when you're on the bike like that. But they're out there. I saw the photos all over Facebook. They're having a great time. They don't care because they're still riding a bike and we're still working. So there's that. But I I finally transported the remains of the Fallen playset to their last resting place out at the uh, Sioux Falls Regional Landfill. Set a little, you know, had a moment for the place that did and, last rites. Did you? And hucked it all into the big dumpster. <laughs> uh, there's nothing quite as satisfying, you know, as a Saturday afternoon trip to the dump. Feel like you'd done something. You know what I mean? You uh, you can you you physical labor. You know, you you cleaned up the place. It just it looked a lot better. And then I I kind of went on a crazy cleaning binge. Rearranged the bike garage. Took everything out of the bike garage and then reordered it back into place. Got some funny looks because there's a lot of bikes laying out on the lawn.
1: But did you have more space than you did previous to your rearrangement?
0: Oh, indeed I do, Dan, and it is uh, very neatly arranged. I don't know if you could get a bike out of it, but it's packed in there very nice. So that was accomplishment after accomplishment this weekend. I I can't tell you how proud of them. Myself, I am, for doing all that.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, you better be careful. You might pull one of those bikes down. It might be like a 150-pound spring. <laughs> and
0: then you,
1: you got trouble.
0: Well, and they're hang, uh, seven of them are hanging on the wall, you know, very, like, either or, you know, up and down. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was very happy to see them still hanging on the wall the next morning because you don't really know what the carrying capacity of uh, some of those racks are. But it worked. It worked. It's fine. Everything's fine. I got to use my free dump pass, by the way, which I always feel good about that. And you know what's amazing? Uh, when you go to the dump, how many other people have stuff to go to the dump all of a sudden? Oh, you're you're going you're going to landfill, are you? Uh, mind if I just throw a few things on top of that? That'd be all right. That's
1: all the freeloaders.
0: No, it's you know it's I'm just happy to help. You know you know me, Dan. I'm just happy to help. Uh, but out there at the dump, you know, as I said, it was windy and uh, these pieces of wood and stuff that got screws sticking out of them and all this different – I was nearly uh, – uh, JP nearly slipped my throat with one of those things. Oh, bringing it off the <laughs> – oh! <laughs> That's right. Don't do that. Gets caught in the wind. and But we got it done. We got it done. Hey, uh, programming note. I, I was on – not our program, somebody else's program uh, – This Week in Politics with uh, Brian Allen, our friend Brian Allen over at KSFY. He's got that Sunday politics show at 1030. Yes. I was on that Sunday night. And uh, we broke down the gubernatorial debate a bit more from Thursday. Um, after reflecting, though, on the debate, uh, I talked about this last week, and, and my segment on the show, here's what I know for sure. Every day that goes by, as I get a little older, maybe wiser, who's to say? But it's increasingly apparent that I look a little more like Jabba the Hut with each passing day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I TV. I love my friends on television because they can pull it off. I, you know, I I come up on the screen and it's like it's job of the hut. <laughs>
1: That's
0: about what I sound like too. <laughs> oh my gosh! No Princess Leia though, just me just me sitting in a chair.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't want someone on a chain next to you. That would be a little bit off. No, that that wouldn't
0: be good for TV. You can watch that segment still on ksfy.com. I put a link. Or I will put that link on our Twitter account. It's on my personal account. I'll get it on there. So you can watch Jabba go through the political machinations. Uh also they're having me back for repeat performance tomorrow night on election night.
1: Oh, that's right. Here comes
0: the big one. Analysis. That'll be that'll be fun. And you can catch that all on their coverage. I don't even know exactly what I'm going to be on, like, during the night or, like, at during the 10 o'clock. I don't know. That's I'm wait, I'm awaiting details from my overlords down there at KSFY. But uh, that'll be fun. It's going to be a fun election night. It's just primary, but it's a good time.
1: It'll be a good dry run yeah. for when we get to that big November day. The
0: biggin'. And, you know, everybody can vote. Don't forget that. Got the uh, Amendment Y, the Mar- Marcy's Law. Uh, revisions that we talked about with Mark Mickelson last week. So everybody can vote. Get out there, do your part. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Stacy Peterson. She's written two books uh, for families uh, dealing with and recovering from cancer. Uh, she is a survivor herself, and she's written a book about her experiences and how to get through it, and also a children's book so we'll have her in here about four thirty. blogger cory heidelberger of dakotafreepress.com he's going to be making his uh primary election predictions cory's always uh game for that sort of thing and we'll talk about uh republicans scorecard on taxes which is this this group out in rapid is wild stuff the common man is our weird friend of the day i think we'll talk a little baseball and i have a p&l statement just after the break today's topic oh it's the big house the big house, the big mansion, the McMansion over there at McKinnon Park. There's news.
1: Dun 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 Yeah.
0: Stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. KSOO. It's 3.20 on the Patrick Lally Show. We're going to get a little closer to free here on Information 1000 KSOO because it's time for the PL statement. And you know what that means. Looking through the news, looking for things that catch my fancy, upset me a bit, encourage me, inspire me, all the things. All the things, people, that happen in the news happen right here. Uh, and today, oh, you can't go wrong with this, can you? Can you at the big house? The old big house, the McKinnon Park big house. It's coming down. So the folks that uh, owned own the big house over there on 2nd uh, Avenue between 22nd and 26th streets, that's been so much the focus of angst, lo these many days, lawsuits, Supreme Court decisions, fighting, infighting, outfighting, all the fighting, it's coming down. So there's a story posted. It's been, it's put some, uh, there's been reports of, you know, pods out front. And uh, I saw this on uh, Mr. Erisman's blog, Southcola.com. The pods are out there and where it is they're salvaging bits out of there. But now they've, uh, according to the Argus leader this morning, they have uh, filed a permit to demolish the home within the city of Sioux Falls. Uh, that's Josh and Sarah Sapienza. They were given until June 16 by Judge John Peckus to remove the home. Uh, they lost a court battle with their neighbors, Barb and Pierce McDowell, who filed suit. Yada, yada, yada. We all know where it went from there. The home, according to the Minnehaha County Equalization Department, is valued at $864,467. Oh, my gosh. So it's coming down. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, 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 what a spectacular waste of time and money and resources and energy and angst spectacular. Just think how much money was wasted just because they couldn't agree on a reasonable solution. My God, it's, it's, you know, a Milski and construction and, and legal fees, poof. Gone. I can't even imagine how much the lawyers cost. The lawyer for the McDowells is Steve Johnson. He ain't cheap. Steve's an accomplished guy. He's very good. So that's money on that side. Money on both sides. Money, 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 money. Think of what could have. Think about how they could have created a trust fund or something for education in, in the trades, maybe bought teacher supplies for who knows how long, maybe some public art. Nope. Poof gone. You know, I, I feel everybody's pain here. All right. There's no clean one owners. There's no winners. There's no nothing just gone. And in my mind, so they were going to, they were going to lower, you know, cause it's tall. And they were going to drop it by eight feet. And the uh, board of historical what-a-whos said, no, this doesn't fit. There's a lot of talk about what constitutes history, historical accuracy in McKinnon Park, whether it fits in, which is, I mean, it's kind of ironic to me because those houses around that park, I mean, it's beautiful, right? It's a wonderful neighborhood. But there are all kinds of shapes and sizes and styles. Is a brick or a stone facade more historic than a composite siding? There are plenty of houses around there that aren't brick and stone. That are just normal old houses. Right? So what's historic? The house that was there before was nothing special. It's small. Small little house. Now... As I said, there are no clean one owners here. This could have been handled way better from the get-go. I'm not exactly sure how the city got left off the hook, but they got pulled out of that suit. Somebody had to approve it somewhere along the lines. And maybe they adjusted it with, I, I you know, the, the. but this is bad neighboring at its finest, to be sure. It's just become a horrible spectacle. And now it's just burned money in a community where needs abound. You know, we're not exactly Flint, Michigan over here, but we got needs. Maybe instead of tumbling Hinder over tea kettle into stupidity, we could have found some solution short of taking it apart. You know, I, I look forward to seeing what goes up next, you know, or anything given the new standards that we've set. There's a couple of lots over there on 4th and 26th that have been empty for, oh, I don't know how long. And the house that was torn down there was nothing special. There have been some lovely rehabs done along the way. But there's others that aren't in such good shape. What do you do? There's been at least one house built there that's pretty big big brick house. It's lovely, but it's nothing, you know. Is it historic? I I don't know. It's brick. it just got to be brick. I don't know. But all I know is that was a big waste of cash and time and money and effort that could have gone elsewhere, but What's done is done, as they say. That is the bottom line on the p and statement. You can agree or disagree with me, Patrick at KSO.com. Get on the old Twitter feed, at p Show, where Mr. Dan Peters, Uber producer, as you know him, is busily sending out tweets of sorts, updates, links, and things. When we come back, the common man is our weird friend of the day. We're going to spend some time talking about baseball and golf and, you know, the, the, the nice things, the good things in life. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. On the bus, that's where 334 on. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And I'm on, I am on the bus. I'm on the fan bus for Twins Baseball. And so I wanted to get the common man in to talk about that today. But uh, first of all, common thanks for being here today
2: oh it's great to be with you patrick as always beautiful day Uh, my goodness it's
0: been a nice streak did you have a good weekend
2: did yes and uh, i actually actually an extra day off friday for for a little golfing extravaganza
0: oh yeah how'd that go not
2: well
1: (laughs) not not, not well
0: now that was the annual uh tournament that a a, a mutual friend of ours puts on every year to raise money for alzheimer's research and uh uh, I wasn't able to be here because I was be there because I was here, mm-hmm. uh, but I was able to hook up a little bit later. And and uh, seems like things went well for everybody else, though.
2: Oh, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, why not? Why don't? Why don't they play well? Why not? <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, it's a not. It's not to drag me, but people when you play in a scramble, eighteen hole scramble, mm-hmm. and people finish seventeen under par. Yeah, It's like well, nobody missed a putt. Nobody. <laughs>
0: Well, not when you have four shots at it, right well four shots
2: four shots at it, four shots at over eighteen holes. Yeah. nobody missed a punt <laughs> well nobody gets... missed no not at one time where all four people missed <laughs> every time it was four feet away, nothing to it
0: you're not saying you're not making any allegations <sighs> <laughs> Now, I happen to know that uh that uh the team that won that is uh, um uh you know mutual friends. Of ours, so I mean, by saying this, you may be, you know, throwing down some smack that you might have to answer for. Oh,
2: uh, and I, I will, I will stand up for that because I, you know, I've played with that group. <laughs> there's, some, there's some serious raking to be done. <laughs> I mean, they get within the 103, 105 area code of the whole. That's good. Pick it up. Yeah, right, let's get moving. Keep it moving. Good, good. so you know hey i'm not saying i'm skeptical that just seems a little hard to believe
0: so what you're telling me is that you didn't finish in the money
2: well i did i had to pay (laughs) if you could you know money was exchanged yeah but i didn't get any nope
0: no that's too bad (laughs) but what a fun i mean what a great
2: event and uh i've been a part of that for since its inception has been uh a great thing and, and uh you know sometimes really good things come out of bad things and that's one of a of our, for our, our friend and and uh who's founded that that has been a really positive thing yeah. to come out and,
0: of a, it. and a great day a beautiful day beautiful day uh it's been a lot of beautiful days have you been able to uh take care of everything on the estate over there
2: well yeah uh, i had a little trouble the other day what? i i well i broke my lawnmower
0: how do you break a lawnmower? What did you well, do? It? You know, when I you don't say know. break, you mean ran over it with your car?
2: Well, here's the thing that happened. <laughs> I, I, I borrowed it to my daughter who's you know, she's got her own little house and stuff and she says, Oh, well, we haven't we haven't moved the grass yet. Oh. So then came back and doesn't run now. Uh-huh. So I you know, I cleaned out the carburetor. did a few man things, tried yeah. to do my thing. Still doesn't run. So I had to take it into the small engine shop and the guy looks at me and says, Well, I look around his shop, there's like fifty six lawnmowers in there. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, well, it's going to be about three weeks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, are you kidding me. Wow. So, you know, back to the neighborhood, and it's like, uh, you know, then, then you find out what it's like to be in the leper colony. Because once you borrow a guy's lawnmower twice, it's starting to be infidelity.
3: <laughs> you're
2: spending like way too much time with my lawnmower. <laughs> Keep hearing. I mean, you can talk to my wife all you want. You use my lawnmower twice, you we might have to go.
0: Yeah, just don't, don't ask. And it, you do, the third time walking over there is a truly the walk of shame.
2: Oh, hat in hand. you just,
0: boy. So um, I might
2: have another. That, it, well, <laughs> well, you know, the guy said three weeks and, and really three weeks. Mm. Well, he did, he did. You know, it's just, you know, and it's just, it's the scarlet letter. You know, if it, if it was in the old movie scanners, they would be pointing at you ah you know it's just it's a terrible terrible feeling to be that guy And all the other guys scurry into their garage as soon as you walk out and out your front door (laughs) it's a terrible terrible thing
0: uh you know i uh i've been mowing lawns for a long when i think about it a long time i was once a professional lawnmower i i put food on the table pushing pushing the mower for you know in college and, and younger. And so I've been mowing the lawns for a long time. And I've decided, uh, actually late last year, I decided I needed to break out because I'd always been the guy, right? Because I was professional. Oh, sure, you, you go north, south, the straight, straight lines, north, south. Then you go east, west. And when I say north, I don't mean the actual direction. I mean, you know, up and down, then <laughs> either way. And then diagonal one way, diagonal the other. right? Mm-hmm. And then you do it again and you do that all year because you don't want... You don't want to, you know, bake those lines one way into your lawn. So you, that's what you got to do. Well, sometime last fall, I had, it's like, hit me like a bolt of lightning or, you know, the, 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 the light from above right out of the clouds. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> Patrick, you don't have to go the same way every time. And so I started lawnscaping. Oh dear. Lawnscaping common. So, like I did uh one time I went out in the middle and just started doing circles, right? Just around and around and around and around. And then one time I did like wavy lines. Um uh, uh I've done like uh con- you know like opposable circles like meet in the middle. And then so this year uh this weekend got out there and uh, I I wanted to do like concentric squares, right? So oh, no, I, I drew one line in the middle one way, one line in the middle of the other way, and then went out in the middle and I started doing little squares all the way around, all the way around, all the way around until it, and now it's like this, it looks like a baseball field out there. Oh,
2: you know what you should do? You should mess with the neighbors and like uh, you know, mow the Virgin Mary into your lawn and there would be <laughs> sightings and... You know, it'd be, it'd be something else. You could be, you could be like a religious shrine. Out yeah. there. It'd be pretty
0: well, cool. I've got, I've got plans. So i my plan is, that what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a two scale map of the, you can really only do this in the backyard because the backyard's big enough, big square backyard. Right. And the place that's not out there anymore. Cause I took that to its final resting place. Nah, good and, man. And so, uh, uh, it's basically just big rectangle. So it's just an open canvas, but I'm going to get like a, a scale drawing of the backyard. And then I'm going to do designs on there, <laughs> with landmarks, you know, so I can hit all my right spots.
2: So, uh, what I are mean, you? What, uh, is it going to be like your uh, like a grass vision, a chlorophyll version of Etch a Sketch? Is that what you're looking at?
0: <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good uh, 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 metaphor because that's what I used to do with the Etch a Sketch. That's the only thing I could do was go out in the middle and then just kind of keep going around and around and around <laughs> yourself. Until you got to the edge. But see, the beauty of starting in the middle is then you don't have that exit line, right? Because no matter what you do, if you start at the edge and go to the middle, you've got to, you've got to get out of the middle. And then you leave a track.
2: Well, you've painted yourself into the middle, which yeah. is bad.
0: Unless you're going to pick it up and carry it out of there. <laughs> it's what the only thing. way.
2: Nail it up on the wall when you're done. <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, uh, i gotten off track there, Common. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, happens. the the long and the short of it is that you need a new mower. I do, and
2: it's you and know it's and it's one of those things. You know, you, you first off, you bring it in. And, and there's the man walk of shame too, as you go into the small. You know, and lawnmowers aren't so complicated that you no. should be able to fix them yourself. But you know, I I wrangled with it, and finally, you know, the, I was getting heat from the from the senior authorities around here. <laughs> and so, so it's like, oh, <laughs> fine. So I now I've been to that guy's place a couple times. And I walk in, and then and. Oh, you again. What did you do, put (laughs) ethanol in it again? Did you put ethanol in it?
0: (laughs) Can't get her started, eh?
2: (laughs) How about ethanol? Did you put ethanol? Did you?
0: (laughs) I didn't. I swear to God, I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I
2: didn't. didn't. I'll bet you did.
0: Do you run the two-stroke or the four-stroke? Hmm? You're a two-stroke or a four-stroke guy?
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm
0: what this is a legitimate question
2: <laughs> are we still talking engines about
0: engines man
2: <laughs> oh, i don't know it's, it goes
0: you, oh man is it green oh it's uh, black it's, and brown okay you don't have to put oil in the gas no okay so it's forestry those are a little more complicated but still did you check the spark i did, did you check the gas flow Yes, sir. No, well, there's nothing else you can do. Plain carburetor, it's I mean, dead. <laughs> it's dead.
2: It's dead. You know, that's what my. That's what the neighbors go. You know, there's a sale on a you know big box company. You can just buy another one. <laughs> that's say, right. Yeah, but that's not right. We no. shouldn't. We shouldn't be a disposable society.
0: No. no, I, I, I commend your, uh, your effort here to get that bad boy running. Because, you know, after a while, you have a little relationship. You want it to work. (laughs) That's right. You want to feel like you've done something. (laughs) Uh, uh, Common, uh, can you hold over? I want to talk to you about the twins. Sure. Let's do it. We're going to come right back and talk more with the Common Man on Weird Friends. This is the Patrick Wiley Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
1: 348
0: on the Patrick Wiley Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with the common man on Weird Friends. Uh, so, common man, I was I was getting kind of down in the dumps, you know, because we were my, my Minnesota Twins. They were on a slide, oh, yeah. and and now they've that they took what three out of four from the Indians. Yes, but they had gotten when they were in Cleveland, they'd kind of gotten punched around a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so. Here we are. It's June, right? It's, it's this is when the you, the big boys got to come up and play, right? I mean, are, are we going to be okay? What's going on here?
2: Well, what do you? It depends on your perspective. That this team that they're that they're running out in the field right now isn't really the Twins. You know, when you're saying, "Well, are we going to be buyers or sellers?" When they, you know, admit that the, at the All Star break, what are we going to do? Well, the, the Twins are in the position of being. Buyers simply by getting the players that they thought they'd have at the start of the season back. So when they get Byron Buxton healthy, they get Jorge Polanco, they get Joe Mauer, they get Miguel Sano, and uh, you know potentially get Urban Santana. I mean that's five potentially pretty impactful guys to come and put in your lineup. Sano is playing, but he's you know he looks rusty. You're not not producing at a very high level right now. Buxton is the toe. You never know what's going to happen with that, but. They've been hanging in there. Mm-hmm. And looks- they've gotten some breakout seasons. Eddie Rosario, uh, Eduardo Escobar have been, have been playing well. But that, that team is not going to hit its stride. It's never going to be a team. You know, they can win a few games and be fun to watch and all that good stuff. But until that large human, Miguel Sano, starts to be the bedrock of that lineup, they're never going to be a team that threatens anybody.
0: Yeah. Th- so this Logan Morrison guy, huge bust, right? Bust.
2: Well, he's he's getting up there at at bats now and it's, it's it's getting warm. He's he's at the Mendoza line. He's got he's hitting 200. You know, and he's he's walking, you know, but when you say oh, you're walking a lot for oh gosh, and hit that's, it. That's not what he's there for. And, <laughs> he you know, hit the
0: ball, man.
2: Yeah, when Eduardo Escobar has more home runs than you at 5'8" 180 pounds.
0: Escobar had 3 home runs yesterday, including the game winner.
2: Oh, I think it's Rosario you mean. I'm right? sorry, Rosario. Yep
0: three home runs, including the game winner. Uh, you know, he's, and he had won the debut. He said, I have four home runs in two games. And, you know, he's, he's playing well. Some of them are playing well, but you're right. It's like, you're just sitting there. What, what about Santana? Like, is he, there's something really wrong with
2: him. Well, that. he was supposed to be back June 1st. And there's this this knuckle surgery on his pitching finger is, you know, it's like, well, it's, it's, it's a mysterious thing. And the pressure you put on your, on the baseballs make, what. Makes it do what it's supposed to do, so that's you know that's kind of one of those things out there. But even without Santana, the Twins are, can can roll out a rotation of Jake Odorizzi, mm-hmm. Romero, mm-hmm. Rios, mm-hmm. Lynn, and
0: Gibson. That's a pretty good rotation,
2: you know. In in years past, you know, that it, it may not be, but to to Twins fans, that looks like you know. <laughs> Glavin, Smoltz, and Steve Aver, you know, whatever, Seaver, uh, you know, the Baltimore Orioles, all those great pitching lineups, those, the Twins fans are, wow, we've never had, you know, competitive guys up and down the, the rotation, that can go out and throw a three-hit shutout each and every time they go out there, so that's an impressive thing for the Twins, to sort of cobbled together, and not really, not big signings, not huge things, but sort of put together kind of a good workman-like staff.
0: Yeah, and you know but at the same time they've been able to lose games close with very few runs and lose games close with a lot of runs <laughs> they've been losing these close games it's driving me nuts how well, many it, times they've been walked off
3: oh
2: but eight and that's that's yeah. a that's a major league record already so that's that's a pretty impressive thing and when you think about it there was a stretch there it's really, like can we get is it possible to have two guys on at the same time <laughs> i mean it's You know, one guy would get hit, but that's
0: enough. (laughs) Don't don't do anything more.
2: It's warm today. We don't want to overheat.
0: Uh, Okay, Common. Here's the question. What's the deal with Dozier?
2: Well, Dozier is, is, you know, he's...
0: He's the man, though. You can't get rid of
2: him. This is his walk year, and he's making $9 million a year, and he's hitting 230 again. And there's a young man, uh, the name of Nick Gordon, down in, in AAA, who's just tearing it up, hitting 330, stealing bases, doing all sorts of stuff. Gordon is actually a shortstop. But you know, Polanco doesn't throw very well. So if you put him over at second, put Gordon at short,
0: eh, but you Polanco Planco is uh, uh, on that. Uh, is he on the uh, uh, suspended thing?
2: He can come back July second. Oh, that's not that long. Yep. So he'll be. I mean, he'll be back soon. And even with that, Escobar can fill the gaps in the meantime. So it's it's. Do you really want to pay that? What can you get for him? That's I guess that's the thing. Do you do you really plan on resigning him? Yeah. Do you really plan on resigning him? Do you want Joe Mauer to come back? Do you want uh, Lance Lynn to come back? He's twelve million dollars a year. Mm. The Twins have an opportunity to move a lot of payroll off the books and maybe pursue some other guys or use it the money to assign uh, some of the young guys long
0: term. My my prediction is they keep Mauer just because he's hitting again, and uh, they're gonna. They, I, you're right. I think they let Dozier go, but the problem with him is no, you're not really going to get anything for
2: him. Nah. Really, for Thirty-two-year-old, you know, guy who hits high fastballs. That—that's the first thing that tends to go is your ability to get around on those types of things. And he's—he's a, he's a really good fielder, but—but but, uh, you know, it's—I yeah. it, don't think he might be looking to get a middle relievers for somebody to rent him for the end of the season yeah. and know that they might not be able to sign him. So yeah, we wouldn't be a great return on him.
0: So reasons for optimism, though. So,
2: oh, I think so. I mean, if 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 those if you can get those guys back in the full, get them productive. Get the big fella hit and get him, you know, get him to stop hit the swinging at things three feet over his head. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> well, you know, isn't, you know, please, 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 please. But they have, they have the, you know, the basic building blocks of a good baseball team.
0: Common man, uh, as always, uh, insightful analysis on the twins and lawn mowing. So I appreciate that. <laughs> Put
2: well, those two together on your resume. Yeah,
0: there you go. We'll talk to you again <laughs> next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Patrick. Coming up after the news and weather at the top of the hour, Mr. Dan Peters. We're going to chat with Corey Heidelberger of the Dakota Free Press blog. We'll talk politics and predictions. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
3: This is a public service announcement.
0: Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Stick with us. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we got Corey Heidelberger from DakotaFreePress.com. We're going to talk politics, predictions, good times. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 407 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Normally on uh, Tuesdays, we talk to Corey Heidelberger, blogger at uh, SouthDakotaFreePress.com, but because of the election tomorrow, we thought we'd bring Corey in a day early. Corey, how are you?
3: I'm nervous. You're making me make predictions before primary day. I'm going to look crazy today, but we'll see what happens.
0: Oh, no. This is, the, this is where the fun starts, man. <laughs> this is where the office pools get rolling, you know, all that good stuff. Uh, I once, I will, I'm going to toot my own horn here. I once picked an entire slate of constitutional officers and statewide offices. Got them all right. won the Really? Me, won the media pool. Since then, nothing but failure.
3: <laughs> you got your one shot. and That's it.
0: <laughs> that's right. So uh, we have Corey on because he has a blog up there in Aberdeen called DakotaFreePress.com where he follows all kinds of state political issues. And as always with the disclaimer with Corey, comes to it from the left side as we like to say, the left side of the aisle. Uh, but you know what that makes you, Corey? Kind of a disinterested third-party analyst when it comes to a Republican primary.
3: That does make watching the Republican primary more fun, I, ha- I have to admit. I can look at it and say, know, either way, I don't care who wins. We're going to have to beat them come November. So... I'm happy to take a look from the outside and see if see if we can come close to reality here.
0: Um, you know what's interesting? Uh, you, as I said, you write a lot of analysis on the uh, have been about the Republican primaries, and the ads, and the claims and everything else. Um, some of your uh, research has actually gotten picked up by the campaigns. I don't know if you want to say which ones in particular, but I think it's pretty plain on your blog. Who? I mean, the, the Christy Nome campaign on a couple of in a couple instances looks like they saw your research, and turned it into uh, material.
3: It it sounds a lot like it. I just, you know, I, I long for the day when Christine O will run an ad citing my blog directly. And we we talked about this earlier. We saw Neil Tapio borrowing, you know, a picture straight mm-hmm. from my blog, not to mention kind of, you know, the content, and the argument there. But, but that, and to be honest, that's kind of something I was looking for in this campaign. Not necessarily that they'd be citing Dakota Free Press, though feel free to, um, but that we would see, especially Marty and Christy, eventually having to resort to some of the arguments that we Democrats have been making for a long time against these folks, especially, and I think more strongly, what we see Christy doing is she brings up EB-5, um, mm-hmm. she's mentioned gear up, and she's, you know, taken on the, uh, the Laura Zilstra Zyl- kaiser sexual harassment slash retaliation lawsuit that, that, that the state lost. Back in December. Uh, you know, we Democrats could see that, hey, if we get to run against Marty, these are things that we should be using. Christy sees that that's gold, too, and she's, you know, the difference is she's got a couple million dollars to put behind spreading that story. So, I mean, for us Democrats, kind of an ideal here would be that Christy would soften Marty up, not quite beat him, but then we could pick up all of her campaign ads and just run the same thing against Marty come November.
0: It's very, it's an interesting spot for you to be in. And uh, it's, did you ever think though, really, that the, that Republican candidates would be using your material as campaign ads? Really? That's well, kinda it's shocking.
3: It, it seems kind of shocking, but as long as they keep it quiet and just argue the facts, um, you know, given that it's such a, cl- apparently a close race, I'm not surprised because all along when I've talked about EB-5, I've known E B five isn't just some, you know, political hack job or, you know, fake news as it's called now. The facts are there. E B five was a massive scandal. Mm-hmm. Somebody, many buddies, were asleep at the switch in pier to let what happened in E B five go on. Um it was just a matter of time until you know, one Republican with lots of resources went up against a Republican who was involved in this corruption and said, hey, this is something I could win on. So, I mean, in a way, I'm not surprised that Republicans have adopted it any more than I was surprised that Democrats before me have adopted this issue to try to go after, you know, Mike Rounds or Dennis Dugard.
0: Mm-hmm. We're talking with Corey Heidelberger, blogger at DakotaFreePress.com. Hey, uh, before we get off of this and get into the predictions, um, are uh, were you surprised— Um, that, that, uh, Christie didn't use more of the material that she has been using in her ads during the debate, because I think that she's been striking some pretty strong, uh, points against, uh, Marty in terms of the, uh, sexual harassment case in particular, but it didn't come up really.
3: Yeah, I did notice that, because I watched the, I think it was the STPB debate mm-hmm. last week, would have been mm-hmm. after our last, uh, our last conversation on air here. Um, I know that part of the problem with EB-5 is you, you either mention it glancingly mm-hmm. and hope people know what you're talking about, or, like you see in every article Bob Mercer writes about EB-5, you've got to spend three out of your four columns explaining all the background of what EB-5 is, where the money went, but all the ins and outs of it, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So... I can understand why maybe in a, you know, a 60 minute debate with a 90 second answer or whatever they were granted, Mm -hmm. Christy might not spend a lot of time going after EB5 and trying to explain it when she can make much more better use of her time calling Marty by his first name and calling him a Washington lawyer, a a, a, A
0: government lawyer. Not a
3: Washington lawyer. A government lawyer. That was the term. Yes. A government lawyer. It's Marty who calls Christy a Washington politician. In terms of debate presence, there's probably a better, you know, cost-benefit ratio to just hammering home your focus-grouped slogan mm-hmm. and insult against Marty than there is in trying to spend 90 seconds explaining EB-5 or explaining the ins and outs of the Laura Zilster kaiser thing. Plus, the Laura Zilster kaiser ad, you know, where she's got Laura Zilster kaiser herself telling the story in mm-hmm. the video, that's a more powerful ad. So if you when you want to talk sexual harassment... Let the victims talk about it and sell it, because that makes that a better point than Christy recounting it in a debate.
0: Ab- absolutely. Um, we're going to take a very short break, and we're going to come back with Corey Heidelberger, blogger at dakotafreepress.com, and we will get those aforementioned predictions, whether he likes it or not. Whether, I'm still
3: revising.
0: <laughs> this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four nineteen on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Corey Heidelberger from up in beautiful Aberdeen, South Dakota, where he pens or types the Dakota Free Press blog. And we were talking about how uh, how the campaigns have been using his material. But let's get down to brass tacks. Corey, are you ready? You bet. Uh, we're going to do some predictions here. All right. So we've been watching, let's start, let's start with the congressional one, because that's a little more cut and dried. Is there any, first of all, is there any reason that, uh, you see that, uh, Dusty doesn't, isn't, uh, doesn't get the nomination here?
3: No, I agree with the polling, you know, that came out from, from Kello and that Sioux Falls paper, uh, last week or week before saying that Dusty's in the forties. Chantel's in the 20s and and, uh, Neil Tapio's in the teens, the low teens, with a big kind of undecided chunk. Um, The numbers I ran this afternoon, and let me not exaggerate, the numbers I run, that's basically my my code for, I'm taking a really big guess based on past primaries and my sense of messages and constituencies within the Republican primary. Mm -hmm. My guess right now is that tomorrow night, Marty, or excuse me, Dusty Johnson wins with 45 percent, Chantel Krebs co- comes in with second at 30 percent, and Neil Tapio is going to do better than one might expect. Distressingly high, he's going to get 25 percent of the vote, but wow. Dusty's going to win up at 45.
0: That 25 number does seem high, um, and you say distressingly because you and I share this idea that there's there is an underlying uh, message there that's not something that, in terms of Islamophobia and uh, some other things that we don't, particularly think are good for the public yeah, discourse. Yeah, I don't know how going
3: to and an economically destructive message that says don't come to South Dakota and work because we don't want any new people here. I yeah, that's why I say distressingly. Yeah.
0: And uh uh but he clearly took support away from Chantel um uh and she just can't make up that difference.
3: Yeah, and I th- and that's that's kind of factored into my calculations because what I'm doing here is I looked at the last big Republican primary, the two thousand fourteen Senate race where Mike Rounds won, but you had Larry Roden, Stace Nelson, Annette Bosworth, and Jason Roundsborg running for that nomination. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's federal office, that was Senate. This is US House we're talking about. And I tried to figure out, okay, if you have Rounds voters, Roden voters, et cetera, how would each of those blocks break among Dusty, Chantel and Neal? Mm-hmm. And what I figure is, Rounds voters, they're going to go for Dusty, because he's kind of the inside man, more of the establishment guy than Chantel. Mm-hmm. Roden voters, they're kind of establishment, but they don't want some, you know, string bean East River dude. They want a gal in <laughs> denim. So they're going to lead toward Chantel. And then your Nelson, Bosworth, and Roundsborg voters, those are kind of the the malcontents, the cranky conservatives, the, ah, those the shouter voters in the GOP. They're going to lean toward Neil, But... Since rounds won 50-plus percent of the primary in 2014, that's the biggest chunk to get. Dusty gets the biggest chunk of the biggest chunk. Dusty wins.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. Okay, now the big one, the one that everybody's waiting for, uh, from Corey Heidelberger, blogger at uh, dakotafreepress.com. Let's talk about the governor's race. Everybody knows it's close. It's been close for a long time. I've said that, uh, you know, in my brain, Marty has exceeded expectations in this race. I knew he was, a, he, he was going to put together a fine organization, all that. But I always believed that Christie had uh, more money uh, and, and, and a sharper and more experienced team. Those were, that was what I believed. It's come down. It's right down to the edge. What do you think?
3: I, I, You know, I get kind of a reverse sense. I was giving Marty 58 to 42 over Christie back in January mm-hmm. when I was seeing Christie's team kind of underperforming and Jackley showing an ability to rebut some of the charges that Christie's team was floating out there. But now in this past month, as Christie's really gotten tough and thrown out the corruption charges and sexual harassment and this and that, i've seen her punching harder and and Marty Jackley just kind of coming off as whiny and not really just punching back and saying, Oh yeah, boom, and dropping mm-hmm. the bomb for I mean you know we talked about things that i 've published that i've been waiting for them to use. Marty Jackley has not gone for maybe the biggest negative he could have, and that's Christy Nome's estate tax story about her dad 's death. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of coverage of that in December. Uh, The papers covered it. I covered it. The documents are online showing that the things she was claiming about the estate tax putting Mm -hmm. her farm in peril were basically bunk.
0: Yes. And it hasn't come up again at all. I'm shocked by that.
3: Marty hasn't gone for it. And so, I mean, for better or for worse, I'm just saying that's a story that's out there. If Marty wanted to go full negative and crush his opponent, that's a tool he could use, a documented tool that's out there. But he hasn't gone for it. And I don't, you know, 24 hours left, there's not time to launch a new attack now and really make it stick. So I feel like Marty has not performed as tough as I thought he would. Christie has performed tougher, gone harder on the negative. And when I pair my analysis of the congressional race, and so I, I, I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I look at Johnson voters, Krebs voters, and Tapio voters. I try to figure out how they would break for Jack Lee and Nome since they're the people who are going to show up tomorrow. I've got Jackley winning, but by less than a percentage point. Hmm. Interesting. He can still come out ahead, but it's really close. So like statistically, you know, I mean, my margin of error here is probably something like 10 percentage points. So who knows what I'm talking about? But
0: <laughs> well, that's why the they're best, predictions.
3: The best thinking I can give you based on the numbers that are out there and what you and I know, and just the sense of things, it is a dead heat. Marty's got a slight edge, but boy, he better send some people out to call and knock tomorrow and more than Christie does to make sure they come out and turn, you know, turn out for him.
0: It would be very interesting to have been inside the decision making process in the in both instances, one on the Gnome side, when they if they timed the release of these body blows, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, EB5 and, you know, and and the Zealster case and all these things because they really have been coming fast and furious and effective yep. and they've been very effective. So you got to wonder if they had that planned all along. And on the other side, who made the decision not to use that estate tax stuff and even just ag subsidies, you know?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You couple those two. There's a, gr- there is a great story that we Democrats have been telling for some time now about mm-hmm. questioning Christie's whole, Oh, our poor family and the estate tax, you know, plus, the farm subsidies, plus the million dollar life insurance payout they got, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. kind of cushion the blow of the 80,000 or 100,000 or so of estate tax they paid. There's a huge story that Marty could tell here. And he's not. And I know, you know, he's sitting there saying, oh, I don't like being negative. But come on, seriously, yeah. we know candidates are going to go negative, And candidates should point out the errors, the bad judgment, the lies that their opponents have told, because, you know, Telling people the truth and fighting corruption, those are things that we want in our candidates. And if candidates have failed to do that, we have every right to know that. So you just got to not be timid about this stuff. You got to tell the whole story and fight to win.
0: It's it's a dirty business, isn't it? But it's, you know, that's politics. And if you aren't willing to do those things, maybe you're not willing to win. Um, If you're
3: not willing to tell the truth and the whole truth... mm -hmm you're putting yourself at a disadvantage.
0: Yeah, Corey Heidelberger with us weekly, usually on Tuesdays. We'll have you back next week, Corey. Thanks a lot.
3: Hey, we'll pick up the pieces then. Look forward to it.
0: Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we've got Stacey Peterson. She is the author of two books for families and people dealing with and recovering from cancer. So we'll talk to her in just a moment. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And if you listen to this program at all, on a regular basis, you know we love books and we love local authors, and we've got one in here today, Stacy Peterson, and she brings with her, her daughter, Faith Peterson. Stacy, thanks for being here today. Thank you. Faith, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. <laughs> so, uh, Stacy, you have a book out. It's called It Isn't Ugly Forever, A To-Do List for Fighting Cancer, which is, you know, Kind of an ominous <laughs> title there. Um, and then you, have a, you also have a kid's book out uh, on the same topic called Jelly Beans for Mom. And they're both written by you. Um, first of all, uh, tell people about yourself. Um, you, you're from Sioux Falls. Where did you grow up? How did you end up here?
4: All right. So I'm, I'm very proud to say that I grew up in South Dakota, uh, was born and raised just outside of Watertown, in a, I went to school in Hamlin. And uh, our farmhouse, my parents have been there for 50 years, and you don't know how to get there unless you're lost or you know exactly where you're going. So, (laughs) the
0: perfect uh, place, right? Yes,
4: it's the perfect place. And uh, I loved being growing up there. It's not something that you, I think, I don't think you appreciate it when you're in the moment. And then once you get out and you see a little bit more of the world, you really realize how wonderful our state is. And I still say our state because this is still home for us, it feels like home. So, I grew up. In Coddington County, Uh, went to school, um, went to college in Aberdeen at NSU. Got my teaching degree, and then when we moved to Sioux Falls, uh, that's where I think our adult, my adult life, really started. I taught in some of the uh, Catholic schools here in town, and uh, had a had a great experience. Love Sioux Falls, love the area. I love to come back and see how much it's grown. So we were here for ten years, and then we. I say recently we moved to Dallas, Texas, and so uh, that's where we live now. But like I said, South Dakota will always be home.
0: Yeah. So the book is about uh, well, th- th- tell people it's yeah. it's a to do list <laughs> for fighting cancer, which sounds like oh, I got first thing I got to do is fight cancer, right? Right. Uh, uh, tell people uh, what cancer did you have and when were you diagnosed?
4: So uh, in 2006, uh, we were expecting our first child. And I was 28 years old. I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Ovarian cancer did not run in my family and was not on my radar at all. It is not heard of. People don't talk about it. You don't see the ribbons. You don't see the teal out there. And um, it's, it took me completely by surprise like a cancer diagnosis would do for anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, it at 28, it just wasn't what i was expecting at all
0: you were pregnant with your child i was pregnant you were so focused on that exactly uh at what point did they tell you that you had cancer
4: i was 26 weeks along when i went in um and typically when you are pregnant you get a ultrasound at 20 weeks Mm -hmm. just to see how the baby's doing at 20 weeks there wasn't anything there and at 26 weeks the tumor was about the size of a cantaloupe. Oh my gosh. So they said whatever that is can't be good and we need to get rid of it immediately. Um, So I went through surgery the next day and um, removed the ovary, removed the the tumor. You wait a little while for those results to come back and then it was the diagnosis. You have cancer but we don't know what to do with you exactly because you're pregnant and we can't start chemo yet. Uh, So the how that story unfolds is um let's get you to 32 weeks then we can deliver the baby mm. and then we can deal with you as a cancer patient so up to that point i had somebody right along with me fighting cancer um you know or dealing being being that support um because i had i had a baby with yeah. me and and being able to give me motivation give me hope give me that push to keep moving on. So yeah, and
0: now she's in studio. So that's now, yes. that's that's a happy story. And
4: now she's here pushing us along in this journey.
0: So yeah, we're here with Stacy Peterson and her daughter Faith, and we're talking about Stacy's two books: it It Isn't Ugly Forever, a to do list for fighting cancer, and uh, Jelly Beans for Mom. And we're going to talk about both those books here in just a second. Um, when did you? uh decide you were going to write a book i mean how does how does it how does, <laughs> how that, does that come happen? out of it? yeah no,
4: I really if anyone would have told me hey you're going to be a published author i i wouldn't have believed them um, I started a journal the day after I was diagnosed, which was a i highly recommend that for anybody going through any medical emergency just to be able to have the journal and get your ideas out uh and I would go to conferences and I would start to talk to people. And they'd say, Wow, you have an amazing story. We've gone through ovarian cancer too, but I can't believe you were so young when you went through it. Mm-hmm. Or, Wow, what was it like going through it as a new mom? And, you know, this push of, You have a good story, it needs to be told, was put into my head uh, probably six years ago, and I ignored it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was crazy. That's crazy. there's nothing that I have to say, who's going to listen to me, um, but it just kept coming up, which you know I talk about a little bit in the book, um, faith, but with a lowercase, mm-hmm. F, um, it pushed me there was something there was a reason I made it through. Why did so many women lose their lives but I made it through? And so um, going to the conference, hearing other people, being supported by that, I had this push of let's go back and let's look at that journal that I started and see if I start putting a story together, if it actually sounds good, mm-hmm. if there's really something there. Um, and you know, I'm a full-time mom, so I didn't do it every day. It took you know, three years of getting it going and rolling and, and editing and trying to find new people to, to help me out with it. Um, And it it came together, I think, pretty nicely. It's very lighthearted. It's full of hope. It has this, you know, um, a a lot of good information. If, you know, you take a look at the outside of the book, the sticky notes are all over the place and it's chaotic. But you turn the book over and all the sticky notes are in place. And that's how life ends up being once you get past this cancer diagnosis. And
0: we're going to talk about those sticky notes and what they mean <laughs> here in just a minute. Right after the break, we'll be back with Stacy Peterson, her daughter, Faith, and uh, her books, two books. So stay with us. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 445 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Stacy Peterson. She has written a book about her experiences recovering from ovarian cancer called It Isn't Ugly Forever, a to do list for fighting cancer, and a children's book, Jelly Beans for Mom. And uh the children's book is is just awesome, you guys. But I wanted to ask Faith, uh, Faith, there's a, a very uh nice young lady on the cover of this uh book. Um it's a it's a it's a cartoon. It's illustrated. Is that you?
3: Yes, it's A pretty good copy of me.
0: (laughs) It is a pretty good copy of you. Uh, Were you surprised when you saw this?
3: Yes, I was.
0: So what role do you play in Jelly Beans for Mom? I mean, you know, this is you in here. Um, When you read this book, what what do you think of it? Does it, it represent sort of your experiences and what you thought were going through at the time?
3: Well, I think it describes it very well. I really enjoy how special things from South Dakota are added in there like the Midwest pictures and lots of other things. But I'm I'm very grateful for that. That's very cool.
0: And uh uh is it when you when you look at the photo, when you look at these illustrations now, uh this was done when when did this when did this one come out?
4: Both of the books came out in December.
0: Okay. Uh now that you've seen it as a finished product, <laughs> what does it what, what do you think about that and your mom going through cancer?
3: I think it's amazing. She is very strong to be able to go through that and I'm very grateful to have her here. I just think it's so amazing that my mom's an author. I never thought <laughs> that would be a thing. <laughs> That's
0: great. Um Stacy, uh tell us a little bit about uh the book, It Isn't Ugly Forever. You say you call it a to do list and we were talking about the sticky notes. Yeah. Now uh the the core of this book are lists. <laughs> You're a list cake keeper.
4: Yes, I'm a to keep my life in order. There must be lists of where where do I need to be? What do I need to be doing? And um I think that's how I got through a lot of that's how I get through life now, but um it's one of those things that the to-do lists that you have are still there when you're diagnosed. There's just more lists of things that you need to get done, places you need to get um and now there's more appointments mm-hmm. and and all of those things, so um my list making just grew, <laughs> and um, I started to make lists l- through the cancer of where I needed to be, what I needed to be doing, who needed to be chemo brain if mm-hmm. you've heard of that it's a it's a real deal um you just for end up forgetting a lot of what's yeah. supposed to be done um but then. It changed a little bit. As I started to think about writing the book, I thought I still needed it to be hopeful. So besides having the lists in the book of, of, your, of um, websites that you can go to and different things that help you along the cancer journey, mm-hmm. uh, medically, I wanted to leave the list that would be my, my favorite uh, things that just bring me joy. Bring, that bring you joy in life that you need to remember, I have my favorite Bible verses in here, favorite songs, um probably one of my favorite chapters in the book is um just the different things that I hope to hear at my funeral, which is a list of different <laughs> different mm-hmm. items that and again they're that might sound morbid, but no they're they're very light and it's very fun um and that's what the book is is it's hopefully giving anyone diagnosed with any medical emergency, the list that they will need. Financially, what do we need to get in order? How do we talk to the people to get the finances in order? How do we, um, what do we need to do physically? You know, and that was a big part of my life too, of okay, just get off the couch. And if it just means that you're going to walk up the stairs once and and sit down for the rest of the afternoon, you've done something. Mm-hmm. And just that little bit. Um, so the lists, small goals, I think, are a big part of, of life in general. Yeah. And I think that if you just say, hey, you know what, today, this is what we're going to get done. I mean, we do that a lot of like, okay, let's just start with this. Lots of lists. <laughs> Faith knows we live on lists. <laughs> yes. That hasn't changed. Nope, there's sticky notes everywhere reminding us um, – of of what needs to get done.
0: Yeah, and and you say you talked a little bit about what you hope people get out of yeah. it if they read it when they've been diagnosed. Um, it, do you have a chance to talk to people uh, since you've been uh, cancer free about about the journey? Um, and is the is that the message? Is it the same message when you talk to people as what's in your book?
4: Well, I think the book covers quite a bit, that I don't always get to cover with an individual. Um, When I sit down with an individual and get to talk to them about their story, um, or I get to talk to them a little bit about what we went through and what I think would help them, um, a lot of the conversation, I let them, wherever their journey is taking them and whatever they need to be talking about right now, and and just sit and listen um, about what they're dealing with. Um, Too many times... That's that's exactly what they need is they just need somebody to talk to. They need somebody to vent to about some of these things because the, the people who are closest to them might not be able to understand or hear
0: it. Yeah. And what's the commonality of the message when you boil it down?
4: Well, I think the title is is perfect. It isn't ugly forever. It does get better. There are moments of, of brightness, and that's why that list of finding the joy in the little things is important. Um, getting organized through those little lists that I have – does make it better by having those small goals it does make it achievable
0: yeah um we're talking with stacy peterson and her daughter faith and (laughs) her uh, two books it isn't ugly forever a to-do list for fighting cancer and jelly beans for mom uh stacy where can i get the books right (laughs) that's what it comes down to that's
4: what it comes down to um really like we've we've talked about a little bit um we don't need this isn't uh Going to be anything I'm retiring off of. This is it. Just needs to be put in the right hands. So that's my major goal. So it just needs to get put in the right hands. If you go down to uh, the Avera Prairie Center, mm-hmm. uh, the gift shop there is carrying it. Isn't Ugly Forever?
0: Yeah, and that's on the main campus there at Twenty yes. on South Cliff. Yep,
4: perfect. And um, I will be in DDR Books in Watertown on Wednesday at six p.m. Mm-hmm. and at their Regional Library at two o'clock on Wednesday. But of course. Amazon. Amazon's <laughs> Amazon. <perfect>. Amazon. Amazon. Amazon.
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Amazon. Amazon is the answer to everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just um, yeah. So you can, it's a uh, it's published through Amazon. You can get it there, um, and it makes a nice gift for somebody that you know has been diagnosed. Or well, and a lot you. of
4: people said, Stacy, w- our neighbor just got di- di- diagnosed. What do I do?" Well, either read this book or give this book to them. Yeah, because that's this your is message, perfect. right? Yes,
0: and. Uh, the the kids' book. Uh, you obviously intend it for children who are (laughs) in families where somebody's going through cancer, right?
4: So I was blessed enough that you know, Faith was a baby. I just picked her up and we went to chemo. Or someone was you know happy to watch a baby while I went to chemo. Um, and I feel very blessed that I would didn't have to break that to her. Um, and that's how it came about that I thought, what what if what if we had to break this to a grandchild, to a niece and nephew, uh, or your own child that cancer was cancer a stroke dementia anything was going to start taking over your life and, and upsetting your your apple cart um, and so the the daily routine is super important even this book has lists the very last page mm-hmm. um, is is a list of things to help your child be a part of this adventure <laughs> this journey mm-hmm. uh, whatever medical emergency it is um, and to do it with a routine to try to keep life going and and very normal for them as normal as you can
0: awesome stacy peterson and her daughter faith the books are it isn't ugly forever a to-do list for fighting cancer and jelly beans for mom which is the kids book as it as you might guess uh and we should say it's illustrated by i'm not isabella yes i wasn't that far off (laughs) that's perfect that's awesome and it's a beautiful book uh Ladies, thank you very much for being here today.
4: Thank you. It was
0: fun. (laughs) Coming up right after this break, we'll finish up the show here today. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, everybody. Coming up on Saturday, Festival of Cultures. 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. at the Coliseum, 515 North Main Avenue. Enjoy the sights, sounds, and tastes from around the world. Free admission. For more information on that fine event, you can go to our events calendar at KSO.com. Coming up tomorrow, oh, twins doubleheader tomorrow. Likely means no show for us. Let it pour as rain. But we'll be back on Wednesday. Our guest, Jake Anderson from Millennium Recycling. We'll get the uh, state of the industry and find out what the future holds for the city's primary recycler. Scott Hudson is our weird friend of the day. And blogger Pat Powers is in from dakotawarcollege.com. We'll recap the results from the primary. Have a great election day, everybody. See you on Wednesday. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.